Yeah. What do you know about trap rap? <laughs> I like this song. What's up, everyone? This is Not So Live on Real Estate, your source for all things real estate and mortgage related. Uh, what's up? This is Paul Paslakis. We got Sal Kuzmano. How you doing, buddy? Good. Yeah? Doing good. Uh, we got Damon Johnson, real estate agent supreme... I don't know what I'm saying. I like, I like that title. Yeah, you like that? I love it. All right. We got Damon Johnson in the house. Uh, Damon, uh, you know, he's had a lot of background, worked for UWM. He's got a great attitude. Um, he's, he was part-time in the real estate business. Now he's going full-time. Full steam ahead. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> so David's going to talk to us about making sure you get your paperwork right and how important a pre-approval, a proper pre-approval is in the process. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We also have some uh, headlines, some some cool headlines. Um, one thing, consumers' online mortgage info convenient but not trustworthy. That's one thing we'll talk about. Remodelers report backlogs, labor shortages as market grows. We'll talk a little bit about that. And here's something that's going to be interesting. The top seven ways real estate agents annoy clients. I think Uh-oh. that's going to be interesting. It's a setup. You think that's a setup? <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you think that's a setup? I don't know. Really? I'm nervous. Well, well, we'll 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 go through that. So, Damon, obviously, you're on the show. Tell us a little bit about your background, man. Um, I actually come from a teaching background. I was a school teacher for about 13, 14 years uh, in Pontiac. Uh, I began the mortgage journey about maybe about 2007 or eight. Um, I started off like processing, getting you know the paperwork ready for the mortgages. I uh, went on to training team. I've been a part of marketing, a, f- a few teams. Um, and then I was an account executive uh, as well. Wow, you're like a jack of all trades. I tried a master of none. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got my real estate license about three years ago now. Uh, I fell in love with it. Uh, I thought it was going to be like HGTV. It is not. It is not like HGTV. <laughs> it Just is everybody not. out there that's thinking about doing this, it is not HG, HGTV. It is not. It's a lot of work, but it's also very rewarding as well. What makes it rewarding? Uh, when the people get their keys. Yeah, that's oh, a pretty goodness. good feeling, right? When they get the keys, uh, it's nothing like it. Even when they, you know, get a refi and they're like, oh, my God, you're saving me $80 a month. And you're like, $80, but $80 to people lives a lot. Right. Uh, the keys, though, oh, by far, it's number one. That's number one, right? Sal, how you doing today? Good. Yeah. Doing Sal's got good. his uh, shirt unbuttoned with some uh, some cabbage poking through. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, they got that Italian cabbage. Oh, you can't stop looking. No, I can't. It's, been, it's mesmerizing right? what's going on down there. Um, all right. So, um, so, Damon, tell us a little bit. You know, a lot of people go to buy a house. They don't realize that it's a, like, it's a big transaction yes. sometimes, right? I mean, I'm sure they do, but... Um, talk to us a little bit about the importance of having your paperwork right and right up front. Oh, my goodness. Uh, people uh, just believe that they ride past the house, they see it, they call a real estate agent, and then they go, they think you're going to show it to them that day, the same day, and then they think they're going to buy it the next day, and then that's going to be it. That's not the way that this process works at all. Right. Uh, you have to, you absolutely have to get a hold of your client's finances. And by that, I mean, well, you know, I try to refer them to a trusted loan officer, somebody who knows mortgages inside and out, right? such as yourself. 
Thank you. I appreciate um, that. What they don't realize is people don't really know how much they can qualify for. Um, they don't know the loan programs that are out there. There are still a lot of misconceptions that I need $50,000 to get a $100,000 house. Uh, they have no idea that they have to do their taxes. They can't just do them the day of. You got to do your taxes. <laughs> you you want to buy a house, you got to do the taxes, right, right, Sal? Well, for sure. And I think one of the funny things is, is you know, someone who hasn't been pre-approved, who hasn't gone over numbers, might be looking at a home that's $500, $600 out of their price range. Yes. You know, it's, monthly. It's happened to me early in my career. I was just taking whoever. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll go see it. And Come to find out, oh, no, you have a bankruptcy on you this past month, and you right. have this and that. And people don't understand that your credit follows you everywhere. You can't just say, oh, I'm, making, I'm putting $20 a month on this credit card. You have to have someone actually pull your credit. And I don't mean you pulling it yourself on one of the credit dot whatever's on the Internet. You have to yeah. have somebody, a loan officer, officially pull your do a hard pull for you. Yeah. So that you know exactly where you fall, because credit, um, as we know, is done in brackets. Right. People think that oh, I'm somewhere in the sixes. Where are you? Six oh one? Are you six ninety? Big difference. <laughs> it's a huge. Right. I mean, it's a big difference. It's a huge difference because every point matters, and right. you could be one point under and get not such a good rate. You could be one point over and get a great rate. Um, so actually doing the, getting that pre-approval is I don't I don't. You can't show houses now without a concrete recent pre-approval, not right. one from last year or not one that included your bonus from two years ago. I need you to have a recent pre-approval. And I also need to know who you're working with. There are a ton of mortgage companies out there who I've never heard of, and it's okay. Um, I try to go to the same people all the time. I'm, I'm very consistent. Yeah, I mean, Sal, I mean, think about it. How many times have we looked at someone's situation? And, you know, we get a referral, and he just says, hey, this guy's looking to get uh, buying a house. They call us, and, hey, I'm, I'm looking to buy a $300,000 house. And you start digging into their finances and pull right. their credit, and they, they don't really qualify, and they're already looking, right? They're already, like, in their mind, like, I'm going to buy this house for $300,000. Right. It doesn't work that way, right? It's like, yeah, you're maybe – maybe a $120,000 house. Right. right. And it's like you have to either find someone else to buy this home with you, lower your expectations about what you want, or make some more money somehow. It's super you know? sobering, right? And, you know, it's funny just for our listeners, just just know that it goes both ways. Some people think, like, I can only afford a $100,000 house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, start really digging in. And lo and behold, they make way more than they think. And, and the, their situation's way better. And they could go to 200000 right. right? And I think one of the biggest things, like you were saying about filing taxes earlier, kind of sparked something in my mind. Uh, Self-employed borrowers. Oh, right? boy. Hot topic. They might bring home a lot of money, but they might only show a quarter of what they actually make. Self-employed borrowers. Just so everyone understands, a self-employed borrower usually... Generally speaking, um, they write off a lot of money on because I mean that's one of the beauties of being self-employed. Yes. You can have a lot of write-offs, and you know you might have brought in two hundred thousand dollars, but after write-offs, it only shows twenty thousand dollars, right? right? And then all of a sudden, you don't really qualify. You know, regardless of your financial situation, you might have a million dollars in the bank. It doesn't do you much good if you're only showing twenty k a year, right? So yeah, well, it's crazy. You know, I always borrowers will say, "Well, I could buy it cash." Well, 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 well you're not you're not buying <laughs> yeah. the cash. If, if you, you want to borrow money, if you want a mortgage, you either got to find a co-signer or next year you got to make more money and yeah. show it on your taxes. Because then you, you know? get the clients sometimes who want to. I don't recommend it. They try to have like three or four people on the loan, and they have. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. That only complicates it, guys. It only 
to all the listeners out there, if it's you and your spouse or even you and a sibling or that's two, two, three max for me. When you get to the four and fives on the loan. On a loan? Yeah, no, yeah, that's no. Ugly. No, no, I mean, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's just more complicated, right? I mean, if two people together can't afford the home that they want to buy and you need a third co-signer, especially if they're not living in the house. It's a no-go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a dangerous go. situation if you're that third person, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're sitting there and I'm, I'm going to co-sign on the house, well, you're obligated on that debt, dude, right? And if, if anybody forecloses or they don't make their payments, that's hitting your. I mean, people do it on cars all the time. Oh, I, I co-signed on my cars, my, my son's loan. He was late. I've never been on, late on anything. All of a sudden, they've got a 650 credit because they've been dinged, yep. right? So you got to be careful as far as that goes. And also, I think going back to your point, getting the proper pre-approval, it doesn't just mean. Someone you, you call someone, they pulled your credit, and they say, oh, yeah, this looks all right. That pre-approval needs to be vetted out. You need to be sending in your tax returns, pay stubs, uh, W-2s, looking at your bank statements. That That is a proper way of doing a pre-approval. If someone's just flinging out a pre-approval without doing all that, they're doing you a disservice. And really, really the real estate agent needs to know on your on your side of it, if they're really approved, because if you go and look at houses for two hundred thousand, you're putting offers in, and they don't really qualify. That's a problem. It's a problem. It's, a, it's actually a, a waste of time on everybody's end. Everybody, they look at you like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Your lo, your uh, mortgage rep is looking at you like, Damon, why did you show them this house? They really yeah. can't afford it. And the cool thing about uh, getting your pre-approved, they don't take long. No. People think that they take like weeks and weeks and weeks. A couple the, days. couple days. The more paperwork that you bring in or that you can email over or scan over to them, the quicker the process is. I try to tell my clients, yeah. pretend you're going on a job interview. Take everything you think you're going to need. It, it's better to have more going into it, more paperwork, more documentation than what they're going to ask for. They may not ask for everything, but take everything with you. You want to take your stubs. You want to take your taxes. You want to take any property that you may own that you are an own, a part owner of and take everything in financial that you think you're going to need and things that you that you don't think you're going to need with you. That will be get you a clean pre-approval. Do not bring cold cash to the table. Uh-oh, that's for me. <laughs> no, bags of, no bags of money. No uh, bags of money. You think he's joking? We've had that happen. Yeah. <laughs> and also, guys, for our listeners, do not try to hide anything. We are, we are, we are paid. There are people that are paid to uncover everything. Underwriters are, are, are looking for anything, right? And and it's going to come up. So you might as well just fall on the sword up front and deal with it instead of trying to hide, uh, you know, a foreclosure 10 years ago. Well, that's going to come up. Or, you know, I got child support. Eh, I'm not going to tell them about that. Well, that's going to come up, man. Like, like Damon said, this isn't a look at the house, buy it the next day thing, again, unless you have cash. But big, big like, like they got t- cash money. Big Willie three, over here. Three to five weeks to uh, go through and find whatever it is that you'd be hiding. Yeah, right? I mean, they, they get they literally the get paid yeah. to, to catch We're you. We're like the FBI. We'll N- not it. me. You, maybe you, Harry Chest. <laughs> so, uh, so you can't stop staring, I can't. man. I mean, there's a lot on? of there's a lot of good lettuce up there, man. <laughs> um, Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So let's uh, let's talk about these uh, headlines. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. Damien, you're going to sit in and talk to us a little. And, you know, I, I want your commentary on this. Okay. So, so which one do you want to start with, Sal? Uh, I think we talk about uh, top seven ways real estate agents. Oh, are oh, oh. yeah, this is a good one. I, I like this. So so Inman, uh, they're like a real estate publication. They do a lot of good stuff. They, they put out a, a, uh, an article, the top seven ways Real estate agents annoy clients. Now, obviously, Damon, you don't do any of these, right? <laughs> I'm guilty of one or two, I think. I mean, everybody's a little guilty, but he, I mean, the, the, we're gonna, I'm going to go through them. What do you think number one is? 
The numero uno biggest faux pas when it comes to a real estate agent and a client. Um, you didn't text me back right away. That's pretty good. Not responding prop- promptly, right? So, like, th- n- there's nothing worse than poor communication in a, in a real estate transaction. Like we said, it's complicated. And if your agent isn't, like, on the ball and, like, returning your calls, that's a big problem, especially in today's market. Wouldn't you say that? It's a, it's a huge problem. What I try to do now, um, over my years of experience, I try to give everybody a one- to two-hour window. Even if you don't like the answer I'm going to give you, I try to give you an answer, even if it means – Hey, Tim, I'm working on it. Or, hey, Tim, I got your email. Let me check. Let me call Paul and see what's going on. Yeah. Or let me reach out to Paul because I don't want my clients reaching out that way. Right. I try to, you know, be the middleman. But I try to give everybody a two-hour window. Even if the first five, ten minutes I tell you that, hey, I'm working on it. Or, hey, I saw your text. Because you don't want to leave people, you know, hanging out to drive. So that's one of my rules. I try to do a two-hour window. Yeah, I mean, leaving leaving someone in limbo and, like, while you're trying to buy out. Like, hey, I just saw this house, blah, 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 blah. What's going on with it? And you respond back two days later or a day later. It's too late. House is gone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, all right, we're going to fire through these. Uh, showing up unannounced. <laughs> So you go to you go you go to try to show someone's house and you just knock on their door like hey and they're like at dinner. I've only had a couple of instances where I've shown up with an appointment and the seller is there. We're supposed to use showing time and the thing on MLS where you schedule appointments. And what happens a lot is I'm defending all of my real estate agents out here, my my comrades. What happens a lot is you have uh, an assistant or a business manager like I have. Um, who set your appointments for you. Um, hey, John Verhagen. Uh, they set your appointments for you, and you get the text, and you're looking like, mm, I got one at 12, I got one at 2, and you forget. Mm. And then you show up at 11, like, oh, I'm just a little bit early, and they're having breakfast. Mm. So I've had it happen, but it was me. I, I, it's it not was, your fault. It was, it was totally my fault. It wasn't, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it was me. I've, I've been a little early before. So that happens. Uh, ha- having an outdated website, some of these real estate agents' websites are horrendous. And and you, and everybody's going to look at you. That's like, your, that's like your storefront, right? And you know what? It works. I'll leave all my contact stuff at the end of the show. It works to my advantage. Digital. Technology is the way to go. Yeah, Social is the way to go. Um, I can't defend the other agents on their clinic. Speak for myself on this one. I try to stay in the forefront of technology. You've pushed me a little bit um, <laughs> <laughs> to try to, you know, have my face out there, have my name out there, you know, have somewhere like a landing page for people to go to right? so they, you know, see your stuff. All right. A few more. Uh, being late, uh, that's not good. Uh, yeah. Missing a hot lead on a home. So a home goes on the market and you don't see it. And, and that's like right up their alley. That's what they're looking for, right? Yes. It is not good to do that. So, um. yeah, well, I mean, I think that's part of staying on top of everything, right? I mean, the, the more value you can add to your client by showing them homes that just hit, calling them, hey, this one, what are you doing tonight? Let's go see it, right? Right, because, because the new homes hit at four in the morning. Every morning they come out at four. Okay, and, and you're then, up at four in the morning checking them out, right? No, my phone goes <laughs> off, and I look at it like, mm. I'm, I'm usually up at six. Yeah. I mean, you were here before me today. Yeah, I'm yeah early work is the world. That's good. <laughs> um, a few more things. Ignoring the request, you know, like, hey, uh, I really want to put an offer on this house. Nah. <laughs> like, what do you well, mean ignore the request? I find often, right, like during the inspection period, the, the buyer will want to ask for something that probably isn't warranted. Right? Yes. And the agent will just kind of, eh, no, right? And instead of explaining that, 
it comes off as ignoring or I she doesn't want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more or less like, well, she knows it's not possible. She just he or she doesn't want to explain it. Right. right? Because what I've had happen, and I know I've had the conversation with Paul a lot, we think that most of my clients are in the mortgage business and I had to really step back and realize that a lot of them haven't even looked at a purchase agreement. You think they have that no idea. they've been in the business for ten or fifteen years. They no know idea. I was like Damon, they don't know. No, you have no. to read every paragraph to them because just because you're in a listen. Uh, I know a lot of mortgage people that just do refinances or don't really do a lot of purchases, and even ones that do purchases, they don't actually know how to read a purchase agreement. Yes. I mean, it's it's a little uh, embarrassing for our industry, but it's true. Uh, last thing I think this one's big is being a salesperson. I've, and I, and I'm, and I'll tell you my theory on this. If I'm buying a house, I don't want to feel like my my agent is selling me. They're more, they should be more like an advisor, right? Like, this house is great, and I, and I also want you to tell me when it's not great, right? I, I don't want to be sold by my real estate agent. They should be looking out for the my interest, right? Yes. So they shouldn't be like, hey, try to push them into a house, but then you're like come, coming off sleazy, like, oh, it's good for you. Don't worry about that hole in the roof. It's cool, man. We'll just cover it up. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like, it should never be that way. Yeah. I mean, everyone should be an advisor, right? No one's trying to be sold into something unless, for some reason, you're like, man, this is something you can't pass up. But you oh, you, sometimes you got to push a client when when you know it's right for them, right? But if it's if it it, it should never be like I just want to make a sale, right? Because what happens is your name gets out there like, oh, Damon's opening this terrible house, please, Paul. My payment is crazy. He didn't tell me, didn't and tell me, yeah. yeah. So you don't. I try. I'm, I'm, I'm a salesperson at heart. But I try to be. There's sales and everything. Yeah. I get that, but we should be selling ourselves. Self. You right? sell. You sell the service. I try not to sell the home. Right. I sell the service of this is what I want to do for you up front. This is what I'm going to do for you in the middle. Yeah. And this is what your closing is going to look like. So I try to sell the service of me being knowledgeable. That's the sale. Yeah. Right? That's uh, you're selling yourself. Like I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and, the, and that, it's got to be sincere too, right? Like right. we really have to care about our clients. These, you know, a lot of our clients don't really know what they're getting themselves into. They need the expertise of someone, and I believe wholeheartedly that I am the best person for the job. So I'm, I'm going to tell you that, yeah, you need to hire me because I'm going to do a good job for you. But it's not about pushing you into something that doesn't make right. sense. It's about trust, right? We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. If that client trusts us, we have to perform, yes. right? And every second that you get to kind of remind them that, like, hey, I, I have your best interest at heart. That's not really sales. No. Right? No, that's service yeah. at a high level. Yeah, I right? tell my clients, I said, you know it's the home when you open the door. If you don't get that tingly feeling, you may have to go to the bathroom. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I told my wife. <laughs> did you get that tingly feeling? She never did. Man. I don't know, I don't know what I did. I, I, I sold her. That's a whole other show. I sold show. my wife on me. It took a lot of, lot of selling. Um, all right, next uh, topic. Which one do you want to go into, Damon? You pick it. Uh, let's see. Uh, ooh, remodelers, because we get into that that point in the season where it's getting a little colder. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because with the boom that we're having, and a lot of the you know this is kind of crazy, but you know some of the natural disasters that we're having, mm-hmm. finding good labor is tough. So uh, remodelers are reporting backlogs, labor shortages as market grows. You know, people are building houses, doing more remodelers. So it's fine. It's it's hard to find skilled labor. I'll give you an example. I'm having a, a little bit of an electrical problem at my house. I can't find an electrician to come out to even do an estimate. Yeah, no, they're, everybody's booked. Yeah, it's like it's like, dude, I, I I will pay you money, legal tender, to come out and look at my my issue and kind of fix it. 
I literally, I mean, these guys are are having the opportunity, and they're probably looking at my job like, oh, that's a small, small job. job yeah. I'm not really into that. I'm going to go do something where I'm going to make more money. So it's difficult in this market to find skilled labor. And, and Sal, you've got a cousin who's actually a builder. Right. And, I, I, and you tell me from his perspective, I know you talk to him a lot, is he having a hard time finding good good workers? Well, he has his crew, right? But he has a lot of work. That's the thing, right? Yeah. The, there's a massive demand for skilled labor because there's such a large supply of work and right. not so many workers. So, I mean, and as we continue, you know, it's like I feel like the past 15, 20 years of people were like, oh, I don't want to work swing my a hand. hammer, right? Yeah. I want to go to school and get a degree to do nothing. So... <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not swinging yeah. hammers. I, I, you just you're, you're, you just described me. Paper pusher. Same. I'm not. Right? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not working papers, on my house. But there's a lot of people who are now entering that because there is such a large opportunity for them to take over, make money, be contractors. I mean, I, my eyes, you know, the skilled trades are are probably the biggest opportunity in the next five years oh, for anyone entering. Oh yeah, because the job even market. we were pulling up on um, Big Beaver today, and we were like, where did that restaurant come from? Oh, by and the way, today's a big day, Shake Shack. I saw that. You know, yeah, yeah, it's open today, Shout boys. Out to Shake Shack, it's big hey. time. Woo, come hook us up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going. Yeah, we're gonna be eating Shake Shack today. Man. So yeah, I mean, look, like six, seven, eight years ago, you're an electrician, you got no work. There was no. I got a buddy of mine. He was in the union. He left the union. He couldn't get worked. I mean, there was there was no work to go around. Now, full circle, dude. I mean, they're, they 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 can't they can't they're turning away work left and right, which is kind of crazy. But I I don't see it. I think it's going to get worse because well, there's, no, there's no robot that's going to go into a house and finish your. Uh Kitchen for you. Oh, your yeah, basement, you know. yeah. Because so, everybody wants to finish basement now. Nah, that's a whole nother show. I'm oh, doing. That, I'm doing that this week. Oh, are you? Yeah. But you know, all the listeners, you don't get that money back. I know. I know. But I get a man cave. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Hey, I'm sick of hanging out in my bathroom. Sometimes it's not about the money, right? I have a family member, and they have the basement that's like a theater. I mean, yeah. They all is tricked out. Yeah. And she was like, what do you think for resale? I was like, mm. You got like, you put like 40 G's into it, you get 10 back. I was, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I was like, eh. Yeah. yeah. But they couldn't find any workers either. They had to use two crews. One crew started, they got a bigger job, and they had to find another crew. Yeah, so, yeah. It's oh, a yeah. tough part, too. As more people do see that opportunity and enter the market, there's going to be a lot of hacks. Right. Yes. Just as like that's the worry, right? I'm worried I'm going to hire someone. Well, it's that, like the flood of people to be loan officers because or real estate agents, right? It's you like, can't check their license. I don't think. I don't. Is there like a board? I mean, or even if they're licensed, let's say they got licensed real quick. I mean, there's licensed yeah. loan officers that aren't good that just got into the business that just passed the test. You know what I mean? Not saying yeah. that any bad, anything mean, bad it, about our industry, but it a, happens. It's in anything, right? Um, where you don't necessarily need like a, a full-on degree, or and even with that being said, there's doctors who it's like. Guy's a hack. Doctor Giggles. Right? He went to school. <laughs> there, asked, there was a doctor on the news this morning that he was misdiagnosing people with uh, epilepsy. Wow. Yeah, he fled the country. Jeez. Yeah, that's Metro Detroit for you. Um, all right, last topic, <laughs> and then we'll get out of here. Um, consumers, online mortgage info convenient but not trustworthy. So there was a study done, and basically it shows that 32% found uh, a mortgage lender is giving the best information. 30% found that their information came from real estate agents, 16% used friends and family, and only 13% said they went to online sources. So as good as online is, in my opinion, a lot of people just don't trust the information there. They want to feel like they're going to a professional yes. and getting actual advice. And why should they? Uh, whoa. Okay. You know, I mean, that's the crazy thing. You walk into Bank of America to go cash a check, and you see you're in the middle of a mortgage with me, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, Sal, why is the rate three and a half? 
Oh, hold on. Take a picture of that. Send it over. Yeah. And, and let's look at the fine print. Paying two points at closing with a 780 credit score, putting 35% down, blah, blah. And it's like... That ain't you, bro. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think when you're talking about big financial transactions, big life events, it'd be like trying to get like like self-diagnosing yourself on on websites. You're gonna misdiagnose. Like if you start, oh, you're near death if you look up. You have a cold. Oh <laughs> god, I mean, oh my god, I got I got this, I got that. I mean, you might have just a small little rash and poison ivy, and all of a sudden you're like got some right. terminal il- illness, right? The only way to compare apples to apples is to actually talk. To a lender, yes. talk to a professional, and whatever it is you're doing, because you can go online. Like, hey man, WebMD says this. Well, that's mm, that's not the case. My wife does that. She's like, I think I'm dying. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, no, no. We <laughs> no, got no, insurance. No. You you're got fine. the flu. Go get the flu shot. You, you're yeah. good. Yeah, because you go online. There's so many. I went on the other day, and I was like, what company is? They're popping it's, up. It's, yeah. it's yeah. unreal. It's a mortgage company on every corner. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's like it's, ridiculous. It is crazy. I mean, look, it, it, our industry is kind of nuts. And look, everything's kind of going online. But when it comes to advice or like trying to get real information, I, I, I think, I mean, this study speaks for it, right? People aren't going to a website trying to get information. Now, they might apply online initially, but everybody wants that human touch. And yes. that's why I don't see, you know, this, again, technology should... Uh, accentuate the process. It shouldn't take over the process. You still Correct. need that human interaction, in my opinion, right? You do because you have to explain things to people, and you need to go like, "Hey, Paul works over here," and say, "I works at that office," and "Hey, those guys helped me get my house." And you have to, you have to have that human touch because it's the biggest purchase of your life. So yeah. Well, that's it, Damon. That's it. You did it. I did your it. First podcast. I know, how, right? How did it go? How did it went really good. I, it took long enough. I'm just saying. It, what do you mean? I, I felt wow. like it flew by. I know, right? <laughs> I felt like it flew by. I told people. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I liked it. Lots you're gonna, you're gonna, ha- you're gonna have that lettuce hang out all day. Yeah. You're gonna do that lettuce. Oh boy, here we go. I think I like it. Oh, oh boy. Told me the man was. Ta- no, Ta- that's you. <laughs> Tail end. Uh, David Hall, everybody. How you doing, Woo! buddy? What's going on? I'm trying to get trying to get a lower rate. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was tough. He brought he brought his assistant. He brought his. How you doing? He literally holds his umbrella for him. Listen, everybody's got to have something to do. Right? Yeah, this guy's got to walk in the rain. This guy's got to hold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you for that. Always, always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure. So uh, I love you guys. Uh, I mean, this song is great. I don't know what that even is. Yeah. Follow me at DJ Realty Solutions. I'm on everywhere. Oh, social. yeah. How, yeah. How, how do you get a hold of Damon Johnson? Oh, I'm at DamonJohnson100 at gmail.com. I'm DJ Realty Solutions.com. I'm DJ Realty Solutions on every social. Um, 248-818-853. And I'm going to schedule a phone Say call. Say it again. Question. Say it again. 248-818-8538. This music is killing me today. Yeah. Sounds like a... <laughs> <laughs> All right, then it gets weird. All right, boys, see you later. See ya.